0: City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping our people, Sacred City Church members, follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got all the gentlemen with me on the podcast. Guys, you want to introduce yourself one more time?
1: How's it going? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director.
2: Kevin Knorr, Pastoral Assistant. And this is Rob Spikes, our pastor of Discipleship.
0: All right. Uh, Pastor Rob, would you like to uh, introduce the topic I for would. the day?
2: Yes. Right. So we are, we are on a kind of a, a new era, it looks like, for Sacred City. It seems like this is something we have been looking forward to and looking out into the future, wondering if it was ever going to come true. And we are on the cusp of buying our own building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now Praise out God. of that, buying our own building, some questions have been raised about our our mission. Are we changing our mission? Of course our mission is make disciples, plant churches, renew the cities, and it's that middle section that we're being asked about, and that is are we thinking about maybe changing that part of our mission and not planting churches anymore, but just simply in the case of our this building we have, just a bigger building and we're just going to get a bigger congregation and we're going to just grow into a large church or something of this nature. So, yeah. So that's the question is, are we still on mission to plant churches and how, if so, how does this larger building that we are getting into going to help us get that accomplished?
0: So there you go. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and um, I, this, this question is raised partly by things that I've said in the past. Okay. <laughs> because in the beginning of our church, you know, the whole goal was make disciples, plant churches, renew the city. And to not, we thought the ideal church size was between two and 400, okay. kind of. Mm-hmm. Which statistically is still big, if you, if you know that. The average church in America is between 70 and 80 people. That's the wow. average wow. church. Wow! I
2: didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay.
0: So if you're if you're in the two to four hundred raised range, you're already in like the top eighty percent or yeah. something like that of, of churches. Wow! And so a church that's between two and four hundred people that can fairly easily be managed by one or two pastors and a couple a couple more staff members, you can it's it's a number that's uh, I don't know how to say it, but it's you can easily know that many people. Yep. Right. So one or two guys as pastors can know and be personally involved in uh, just about everybody in the church at that mm-hmm. size of two mm-hmm. to 400. So yep. overall, and this is coming out of some of its sociological studies, like uh, Seth Godin in his book Tribes, he talks about this. And uh, so that was kind of the idea. Like, hey, let's let's raise up church planners. This is kind of what, what the Apostle Paul did. His churches were probably around, you know, this is a little bit speculative, but they're probably around 80 to 100 people, most scholars say. And, um, and he would keep moving on from city to city and, and planting more churches and raising up, raising up elders, right? So our goal was to not be a real big church. We'd had, we've never had a desire to be a mega church. And so one of the ways that we were going to um, grow while, while, while staying small, let's say growing larger, having a larger impact, a larger footprint, growing wider, growing wider. While remaining small and mm-hmm. personable and feeling more like a, let's just call it a family run business than like a Walmart, mm-hmm. right? Was to keep raising up men to then go out and, and plant churches. Now, it's amazing how many things that you're kind of certain on when you're a younger man and you're starting things. <laughs> and and I, I don't have, I, I, right now, I don't have any theological qualms with that. I don't even have, really have too many philosophical qualms. Um, it's the hard the hard truth of pragmatism that smacks, uh, that, that you run into the wall of pragmatism. And that is, I kind of thought raising up church planners was going to be a whole lot easier mm. than it's actually turned out to be. Right, right. I, I didn't realize all of the life experiences that God brought me through yeah. and the way that he had uniquely designed me. And how it, it took really, it took my whole life to develop me into the the guy who could start this church and, and get the thing off the ground and be, um, be as bullheaded and, and, you know, undeterred just to, to be a church planner. You've got to be, you have to be a pastor. You have to love people. And you also, you got to be a good preacher. We know that you've got to have a good, decent theologian. You've got to be able to organize things and, and got to be a good leader but you've also got to have just a dogged determination mm-hmm. that puts its face into the wind and says, I don't care how hard the wind blows or I don't care how hard it's snowing. We're moving forward and, yeah. and I'm out, you got to be out front and pulling everybody with you. You know, you're, you're a sled dog in, the, in that, in that sense.
1: Right.
0: And, um, I guess I didn't realize how that, that, that that's more unique than I thought it was. So I thought, man, dude, anybody that comes to Jesus and gets excited about the Lord and, like, they can be trained up and plant a church. Yeah. And um, I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think God, um, church planting is a bit of a furnace, and you've got, that, that tries a lot of people, and you've got to have a certain disposition. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's, you know, incredibly rare. I think you can find it, but um, we've, we've, obviously, we've we planted Sam. So, with that first mentality, we raised up 50 people to um, that were from Moline, and we sent them... Uh, with Sam, Sam, Sam was my first church planting resident. And he was with me from, from the very beginning of the church. And just, he was, he was that sled dog too. And so he was, he, he, you know, he was assessed and he was approved and he went to plant in Sacred City Moline and and they basically doubled to a hundred people over there. And now he's, he's slogging away um, and he's raising up elders over there. So first one worked well, my philosophy didn't change. My mentality didn't change. And then we've had other guys come in and do the church planting resident and not not make it, and I realized, dang, this, my plan's not really working out here. Like, yeah, um,
2: how many how many years has that been? Is that at least it seems like it's been about five years since we've really had that uh, we've had a few residents or along the way, or at least we've been looking for church planting residents. Is that a yeah. is that an accurate yep. uh, time frame?
0: Yep, it's been five. Um, we planted Sam six years ago, <clears throat> and. Um, so we're, I'm still wanting to plant churches, <clears throat> but what do we do now? Yeah. You know, like, okay, we don't have the guy who's ready to go plant a church that, that's coming to me and saying, I feel called by God to plant a church and, and to get behind him. So what do we do? Do we just, get, do we just stagnate, right, and uh, just stop growing? Mm. Well, no, we've had to do a few things. We've had to go to two services. Now, this is the main reason we had to go to two services is because of our kids' space, and because of parking mm-hmm. uh, those two things really have limited us and obviously then we've had covid and then that, that squashed us and all this kind of stuff and um, and we've we've continued we've continued to grow but i do believe i don't know what has been limiting our growth we haven't grown at the last couple of years we've been growing we're we're now bigger than we were before covid and stuff and we're big, we're bigger than we've, than we've ever been but we haven't been growing at the same rate we were before and i think that's primarily um, has to do with our building, that parking, um, kids space, this, you know, being so spread out, mm. being under, we are, we're, we are under four different roofs during the week. <laughs> yeah. right? So we have our theater, we have the youth that meets in a gymnasium across campus, we have two cottages where our kids meet in our office, and we have our offices. And so it's just not been, it's just not ideal. We yeah. can't do prayer meetings. We don't yeah. have access to the building during the theater during the, the middle of the week. It limits us at Christmas. It limits limits us at Easter. We have to rent out a Christmas Eve space. We set up and tear down for eleven years. It's been exhausting. Well, about two years ago, we had a staff retreat and we went and uh, where'd we go, Rob?
2: Went up to Bellevue, uh, Bellevue, uh, Iowa. Iowa, yeah, right there. It's mm-hmm. Beautiful, right on the river, right yep. on the Mississippi River. I loved it. Yeah, good yeah, place.
0: Yeah, we, we had a. Uh, campfire Mm -hmm. we were sitting out and we had all the staff member write down kind of the dream and vision for the next the next year or so and what what they were going to focus on and uh, Joel reminded me on my piece of paper I had one word (laughs) and that word was building Uh that um, I felt like the Lord was saying now is the time to start pursuing a building now for the past four or five years I have been keeping my eyes open Four buildings. Every building that could house us, mm-hmm. I would go look at. I went looked at a bunch of different churches, synagogues, yeah. Jewish temples that came available. I walked through all kind of stuff. I went through Michael's Fun World. I went through uh I'm just all kinds of there car dealerships, schools, yeah. schools all kinds of buildings. <laughs> and honestly, just getting more discouraged and more discouraged and more discouraged in in um In 11 years, I've only been through one church building that was for sale that was big enough to house us, Mm. and that was over in Illinois. Mm. There's been nothing in the Iowa side of the river. And I didn't want really a corporate space, but I was like, okay, it's probably going to look like that's probably what we're going to have to do. So obviously, over about a year ago, I felt the Lord saying, now is the time to start working on a building campaign and raising support. And preaching we preached through Ezra and Nehemiah all about building and the Lord met us there and we raised um a quarter million dollars uh in December for the building fund. But again, six weeks ago, I'd heard of two Catholic churches in Bettendorf that were gonna be coming up for sale in two years. And so I was thinking that's where we're working <laughs> towards that. Yep. You know, like just a long slog in the same direction. And then through the grapevine, it gets word to me that this church comes available, this Hope Church, formerly First Assembly of God, comes available in Bettendorf and um, went through it. And I got I had a vision for it right away, and I felt like this, this is the place. And just to let everybody know, so 130-plus um, parking spots and a flat parking lot right next to the church, plus on-street parking. So plenty of parking, great location, five minutes from where we are, 400-seat sanctuary, plenty of classroom space, plenty of office space, full kitchen, uh, multi-purpose area downstairs that makes make a great youth room. They could have pool tables and all kind of stuff. And, you know, and um, for about $60 a square foot, so 24,000 square feet or something like that. Mm. And it, that is unheard of, mm. like that kind of price in um, – I think that's after remodeling. I think it's going to be around $60 a square foot. Um, so it's just a God thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, praise God. And, and the it was never. If I'm understanding right, was it ever on the actual market? It, okay, so it was never on the market. And the beauty of this was that actually, I think one of our members just happened to see that, that Hope Church was had some uh, had future home. You know, one of those signs that says "Future Home of Hope Church," and they thought, yeah. "Well, huh? I wonder what they're doing with their building now." Not even knowing probably where that building was or even what the size of the building was, and so that individual investigated and sure enough they are they were looking for a buyer but they weren't putting it on the market as of yet and so we were able to find out about it before it even got on the market yeah, well, that was a real blessing too
0: technically they've had a they've had a banner up on their property that they bought some land for a long time and I've known about it for a long time and other people have told me about it but I knew the church was going through a lot of transition mm. They had lost their founding. They had lost their pastor that, and different mm-hmm. things, and they had shrunk down. Mm-hmm. So I knew there's no, in my mind, there's no way they're building. I see. They're decreasing in people. Yeah. So I never never did anything, never came up on the market. Yeah. Well, then another person says, hey, I see this sign out here. We should probably check into that. So then I had Kevin uh, actually email the pastor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the pastor said, yeah, we're interested, but we can't buy a building until we sell this one. Mm-hmm. Sure, come look at it. okay and then so we that's how we went looked at it and been thrilled about it but for the past couple years god has been birthing in me a bigger vision a more um i would say larger but also more concise or more clear so when i've said we want to make disciples plant churches renew the city i think i didn't really think about what it would take to renew a city I just kind of thought, hey, we want to be a blessing to the city. And Mm -hmm. we want, you know, like, I didn't really think about what it would take. And one of the things it takes to renew a city is it takes roots. It takes foundations. Mm -hmm. It takes real presence. So when we're leasing a building, there's a a sense of that. There's a sense of, well, a a lack of permanence.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And that we knew that we knew that to be the case when, the city could tell us during COVID we couldn't gather. And all of a sudden we were like, Oh, whoa, we've been here for 10 years and now they're telling us we can't gather. Yeah. We, and that was one thing. That's kind of one of the things that stirred us in the beginning. Okay. We got to find a building where that can never happen to us again. Mm -hmm. Right. So having foundations, having a building in the city is actually being rooted there, having a foundation, having a real presence that people walk by, people see. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's important. Yeah. So, we started moving in this direction, and then God started showing us the importance of what we've been calling county over country, being locally involved, um, putting down roots, investing in education of our children, raising our children to pour back into and invest in our in our city and in, in our in our uh, county. And in order to do that, we need we need a location, yep. right? We yeah. we need a, a physical building. And also, pastors are telling me that friends of mine that. Getting a building, typically you grow by thirty mm-hmm. percent. Just by getting your own building, you grow by thirty percent. Something about the community just sees you now as legitimate. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I am smoking a cigar, guys. So that's why I might take awkward breaks there. So, we, we 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 felt for those reasons, it's time to purchase a building. Now, how does that affect our vision regarding church planting? Mm-hmm. Well, first off, having our own home base where we actually have foundation is actually going to be a, a more solid foundation to launch new church planters out of. So now that we have more space and more permanent space, we actually have a place that we can, ha- we can have more church planters in or potential church planters in, that we have space for them to work, offices they can, they can work out of, and opportunities for them to, to come in and receive training. And then to be, uh, to potentially be, be sent out mm-hmm. in the future. So, I think it's actually going to help us help us do that. Um, one question people are asking is, well, it's in Bettendorf. Yeah, it's only five minutes from our current building, but it is technically in Bettendorf. We've always wanted churches in all the Quad Cities. Right, like yeah. from the very beginning, that's what we want. So we've got one in Moline. We had we've got one in Davenport. Now we're going to move over to Bettendorf, and what that means for us is that we're going to continually. Um, think and pray about planting a, our next church in Davenport. In Davenport you know, what? Right. I yeah. would imagine to be more on the western side yeah. of of the western side of Davenport mm-hmm. because we're in Bettendorf. But um, that means now we can keep our eyes open for for buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bettendorf, <laughs> right now, it's twenty four thousand square feet. It's big enough to be a good launching pad for um, other church church plants. Mm-hmm. And so that's four hundred seat sanctuary. You can easily fit over 100 kids in classrooms I'm sure more than more than that probably 130 kids like we have now in the in the classroom per, per service so that means if we go to two services we can easily grow I'll just say let's just say 800 we can easily grow mm-hmm. to 800 Now here's where the church planning strategy has uh, morphed a little bit
1: mm-hmm.
0: I now wish that I would have kept Sam, with us until he got maybe a hundred people. If he would have got a hundred people and then we sent him out to plant, um, sacred city Moline and then he doubles like he did. He'd be at 200. Let's just say theoretically, he's at 200 right now. When you have a church that's less than hundred or right at hundred or less, it's, um, it's always at risk. It's very, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's always at risk because you don't have that many leaders, you don't have that many volunteers, you don't have that many ki- people to serve in the kids' ministry, yep. and you're not just, numerically, you're not going to have that many guys that could fill the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So the reason it works for Sam is that the majority of his preachers come from us. Yeah. right? Rob, you yep. go over there and preach often, Dr. Yep. Alex's preaches often, I think all yeah. you guys both have preached mm-hmm. over there, right? Yep. So we can fill his pulpit for him, we can, we can help him out, we can supplement him in that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think if we would have let him get a little bigger, it would have just gave him a, a bigger boost and a bigger shot in the arm. Yeah. So when we sent him out, he, he would have had more, um, uh, momentum yeah. to, to grow and to, and to mm. get up to that 200. Once you're about that, that 200 size, you've, you're a pretty comfortable church. You've got, you should have enough leaders. You should have a couple guys in the eldership process, couple, maybe one or two guys that can preach things like that. It's just going to mm. be, so it's less dependent on you then. Yeah. So if, right now with 100 people if sam gets sick or some tragedy tragedy happens you know the the church would be in a really dire spot yeah. right It'd be a really risky spot yeah
2: and i think that sam as we've been talking with him of course he's one of our elders and part of part of our elder team he, he the other chal- the other challenge is that when you're at a 60 70 uh, for very long you begin to really enjoy that community and the intimacy of that community that you can all start to lose your desire for mission because (laughs) new people start messing up that beautiful community that you have and so I know that they've had to, he's had to kind of challenge his own congregation to really be thinking missionally and getting out there and missionally and so that's uh, another thing he discovered along the way. That's
0: what happens with families. In churches that are smaller than 100, they become inward focused, Mm -hmm. they become really family and deep relationships focused and not missionally focused. Mm -hmm. And we're meant to be a missional family. Mm -hmm. We have a community but we're we're wanting to reach the lost. Yeah. We're wanting to, to reach outside. I think
1: what's yeah. good too and interesting about that is, um, even when you're talking about the the planting, it's almost like as if as you're sending someone out, you could do that advance, um, you know, campaign where you're helping them raise money and actually purchase a building where they could have roots right away. Or we're not going anywhere. You know, we're, we're going to stay here. We're planting in this um, in this city, and we want to see the gospel grow. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the idea then is we could grow. Larger, at um, Sacred City, Iowa. Let's just say Iowa right now. <laughs> and as we grow larger, we're continually to raise up church planters. Yeah, we're we've got elder elders in the de- in the development process. Um, at least one of those have communicated a desire to, um, mm-hmm. to to church plant, and so the possibilities are, you know, let's let's say we get. Let's say we grow to eight hundred people, and maybe we have guys. Let's just say theoretically we don't have a church planter. Okay, well theoretically, if we had we find a building, we find a location, something like that. I could go to Davenport Mm -hmm. and plant and plant a church in Davenport, Mm -hmm. right? And hand Bettendorf over to one of our elders, right? Mm -hmm. One of the guys, or we could send one of the guys to to plant Sacred City Davenport. Mm -hmm. There's there's options, but then. We would have the option of sending, let's say, two hundred people, you know, two hundred people with him, or we could say everybody yep. from Davenport, you know, or, or everybody yep. from this side of Davenport. Let's, we're all going to go over here to, to plant, uh, and then we've got, we've got, we take a larger church and we make make two out of it.
2: That's awesome, right? Yeah. So it seems like there's almost a tension between, um, we want to put down roots, right? The the church, corporate, or you know. But we also want people raised up who want to, to go out, right? To, to separate, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. So how do we hold those things in tension well? Probably the same way, if I might answer this, just the same way in terms of what we try to do with our missional communities, mm. and that is that with missional communities, we are asking us to, you know, we're a community, we're building into each other's lives, mm. we're pouring into each other's eyes, we're trying to help each other through the, just the daily rhythms of life and mm. how the gospel applies that. But at the same time, uh, really out of the strength of that community, calling more people in, mm-hmm. in terms of missionally. And so, you know, being on mission with, with others. And then when you get to a certain size, to, to under, always keep that, that tension. You're mm-hmm. right. There's a tension yep. there. To always keep that tension in check to recognize that we are here to, you know, God's calling us to expand the kingdom of God. His kingdom is expanding. Mm-hmm. And so I think the same thing you would have to be doing here, even in, in the larger situation with the church is keeping that missional mm-hmm. focus build relationships mm-hmm. in such a way that then you we can we can go I'm yeah. not sure if that answers that question yeah, yeah. but I, I know that's the tension I yeah. think you hit the, you hit it right it's always going to be a tension and I, I mean I think every missional community struggles with that tension <laughs> because you know there's those points where you're just such a sweet time when you're mm-hmm. coming together as a community and to think that one day we're gonna have to actually um, you know div- you know multiply into mm-hmm. a uh, to two new New uh, communities um, That's hard It yeah. is hard It's a hard separation But what What we have found With our You know What we found With missional communities Is so often That we think We can't imagine Not having those same people With us every week And then all of a sudden You start your new Commissional communities And you're realizing Oh hey I've got a whole new Family here okay. I'm getting to know pe- New people yeah. And so then you Yeah There's a there's a pain Of separation yeah. Which is good And yet there's also The, the enjoyment mm-hmm. of, of this whole new Mission, this whole new community that you have got, got part of. So. God
0: has built this like into our very DNA, mm-hmm. you know, like our cells multiply and divide and, mm-hmm. and grow, right? Like that's what happens. Yeah, like, right? We, Interesting. Are, we, what do we do when we get married? We, well, we mature and then mm-hmm. we get married and then we multiply and then, that brings immaturity into our home and then we create this family and Mm -hmm. it's all awesome and then what happens we are raising these children up to go and leave yeah right Right. we send and we're we're sending them out and then they go and grow and multiply and do the same thing you know yeah it's
2: it's a great picture because i think about that wedding day who's always crying the moms are crying they've losing their you know they're losing their daughter they're losing their son yeah but you know, yeah, that's the pain. Yeah. That's the pain of separation yeah. that goes with the natural pain of separation. There's some crying over it, grieving over it. But yeah. then what do we have? We have two new families that are raising up godly a godly family. And then mom and dad are looking at those two families going, Wow, this is awesome, you know, my our children we got we got a whole new new community here. And
0: that's how we, we have to keep mm-hmm. our eyes on the bigger picture of the gospel, yeah. that it's not primarily about our personal comfort this has been one of the problems of the church in the last 50 years is we've made it about us. Mm -hmm. We've made it about, I go to this church because it gives me good feelings or it gives me good community or it gives me good preaching or it gives me good thing. And it's primarily about us Mm -hmm. and not about the mission of God, Mm -hmm. not about renewing the city that we, this, this, I want us to be, I want us to take ownership of the Quad Cities. I don't see anybody else taking ownership. I don't see anybody else saying this is our city and we care about it, and we love it, mm. and we are going to plant churches. Yep. Yeah. If you keep closing churches, we will keep buying your churches, and yep. we are going to put God-loving, Christ preaching, gospel-centered yeah. men in those pulpits, and we're going to fill them. With yeah,
1: people. for sure.
0: And you know, there's a lot of small churches in and and Davenport, and so maybe maybe that just means our congregations are going to be smaller over here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I want to fill them, right? I still- and I need I need men who want to. Um, tick the devil off mm-hmm. and and plant plant a church for for the next generation. Yeah, and so that's that's so it's still about church planning. Yeah, but one also let me I didn't think about this too. It's just a better financial investment. Mm-hmm. So financially, we've been paying you know rent to the city of Davenport for eleven years, and they let us use the building and all that kind of stuff. But that money just disappears yeah. when you pay. You know, guys, you know this if you own a home when you Pay your own mortgage, then you pay that down. You're just making a financial investment, and eventually, you'll pay it off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're getting a 25 year note on ours. 25 years from now, that it'll be by then multi million dollar facility mm-hmm. will be totally paid off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then we can spend the money that we normally spend on a mortgage. We can spend that in other areas, multiplying church plant, buying another building for another church plant, etc. Yeah,
1: that's good.
0: So. No, our model hasn't changed. We're still passionate about church planting. Um, we're still giving 10% of our budget towards church planting. Mm-hmm. We still want to support church planters. I still want to raise up church planters. Yeah. So I've had a lot on my plate in the past uh, <laughs> um,
1: so question, hours, let <laughs> so, so, alone days. Yeah. yeah. What, what? So question for you. So like uh, you, you said the, the model hasn't change, but what about the development of church planters? Will that change or will that be the same or is the uh, – A lot of guys look to you and just haven't stepped up yet because they see you like, I'm not like that guy. So maybe I'm not going to, you know, bring that up.
0: Well, so a few years ago, I just put a, we have a thing on our website about our our residency program. And then I put out a YouTube video and that's how we got Kevin. And that's how we got Bryson. You joined there too, but you already, obviously you already knew about it.
1: I was already on staff, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and so I put a lot of time in, into those guys. You know, you guys, and overseeing you, and developing you, and going going through what you're reading, and all this kind of stuff. And um, and so then when once we figured out okay, these guys are all called to ministry in different ways. Let's figure out what's the next step for them. And Kevin's been pursuing his education. Mm. He's pursuing the counseling route. You've been pursuing the youth ministry route. And then Bryson moved back to his hometown in Kentucky and now was on staff at a church for a while. And now he's pursuing church planting down there. Mm. Um, I was like, okay, I need, I need I need, to focus on something else right sure. now. I need, and it's specifically been preparing for the building, mm. fundraising, the, these types of things. And then some... some uh, theology and philosophy of ministry stuff Mm -hmm. as it revolves around politics and renewing the city and things like that. Um, and then, and then now the building campaign and, uh, the remodel, the buying the building and the remodeling is is take, takes a significant portion of my time now Mm -hmm. that, and that's what Rob was kind of joking about is Mm -hmm. mm, the, um, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's been, uh, making the deal. Let's say I have counselors and I have, um, uh, guys that I am consulting the financial team and other guys that I'm consulting on the best approaches, but I'm, I'm the one negotiating with the, with the pastor of that church and came to the deal and worked, worked all of that out. I was in Arizona and doing the deal on my cell phone in the back of the car for like a week at a time. Finally got finalized this Monday and got all, got the purchase agreement signed and, uh, the check to them and all this kind of stuff. And so now we should be closing in like 30 to, to 45 days, mm. but there's an extensive amount of remodeling. Again, God has built me a certain way. And so I, I have been a contractor. And so I know the trades. I've got a, a pretty good eye for, um, for design and for w- what would be a good use of the space. And I ran that by some other people and they agree. And, and so I've got some guys that I think I'm going to run point. We're going to contract this, um We're going to do the contracting ourselves on this building. And so I say all that because getting into the building in the next six months, let's say that's going to require a significant amount of my time while I'm still preaching, still counseling. I still have five kids. My kids don't take a pause from dad, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be taxed. Okay. Mm. But once we get in there, and we and we and we get acclimated a little bit. Right. And we figure things out. I plan to um, relaunch the residency program and put out a new YouTube video and see if I can get get a new crop of yeah crop of guys in yeah. there. <clears throat> and I might do that as early as the summer and try to get them in in the fall like I did last time. Yeah, that might be a, right a good time to do I it. I think
2: the with the new strategy, I think there might even be more appealing because now we're we're really saying we're, we're going to be training up and raising up a new church planter, but we're not talking 50 coming your way. It could be 100, 125 coming your way, which again, almost is is like a church. I mean, yeah. if, we're, if we've already said that the, most of the churches are under 100 and we're saying we're going to try to plant a church of 125, we're already pretty much planting a church. It, yeah, it requires a church planter, but almost it requires more just a, a pastor of a church. And so you might be able to, you know, it may, we may not be able to find a guy that's like you that has to kind of push through the, push against the wind and, and all the things that you have had to do for the, you know, the first, uh, the first 10 years of Sacred City. Uh, we might be able to find some individuals who can really make, make that happen a little yeah. bit easier. Mm-hmm. So so, um,
0: pastors and church planters often talk about growth barriers, and there are some real hard and fast numbers to church to churches that it's really difficult. You need a lot of organizational change and leadership changes to go from a church that's under a hundred to a church that's two hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like this barrier at a hundred, a barrier at two hundred, a barrier at four mm-hmm. around around four hundred, and then I think it goes up to like a yeah. thousand, and then you get into the, the astronomical numbers because mm-hmm. anything over a thousand, you're in the top like point five percent of all yep. churches in the country and at all those levels it just requires a different type of leader right you know in a different style of style of leader there's some guys that can run a 10,000 member church but they could never run a hundred member church mm-hmm. right
2: yeah, yeah that's right. right absolutely
0: so and there's a lot of guys that can run a hundred member church that could never, could run, never a, run a 1, thousand member yep. church yep. Yeah. Yep. so um <clears throat> so yeah if it, like i said if you get a church of 200 people. if if you got a good pastor there, he can sustain it, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't have to be a church planter guy, but if you put a church planter with 200 people, he's going to grow it to 400, right? right? And that's going to, and it's going to be easier to go from 200 to 400. The hardest growth barrier to break is hundred. It is so hard to consistently break hundred because Mm. you don't have momentum when you're at, when you're, unless you're in a tiny room, you're looking around and there's probably more empty seats than there are full Mm -hmm. seats, Right? There's only a few kids in the ministry. There's probably no teenage, very few teenagers. Mm-hmm. You don't have a youth ministry. You don't offer a lot of the bells and whistles that the bigger churches have. No. And so it's really hard to go from zero to 100 and then to pass 100 consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, 100 to 200 is another one. And this is weird because I as far as I know, in the last 11 years, there have been no churches planted that are... Over 200 people in the in the Quad Cities. Hmm. <laughs> that's just, cr- and to me, that's just crazy. Yeah. No churches that are over in pa- planted in the last eleven year eleven years in the Quad Cities that are over 200 people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is just <laughs> nuts yeah. to me. Um, and obviously, we've got some some that have been around for a long time that are bigger, uh, more historic Baptist type churches, and then we've got a couple mega churches. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvary Church of the Quad Cities, I think they're like 25 years old. That's where I got saved, and then you got Harvest, of course. That's the biggest church in the Quad Cities. So, yeah. um, so there's there's a lot of uh, room for church planting. We know we're one of the least church cities in the country, and we've got a mission to to solve that problem, mm-hmm. to get us off that list. Yeah. We got to get off that yeah. least churched cities in the United States list. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think our I don't think our strategy. I mean, our strategy has changed. Our philosophy hasn't changed. We mm-hmm. still want to focus on church planting. Um, we think we're going to be better equipped to do it from our own location. Um, but and we're and we're just we're going to grow big so that we can send out more healthy church right. plants. Right. Right. Yep. That's, that's, that's good. That's what we want to yep. do. So. Yep. Any, any other thoughts?
2: Well, that annual uh, meeting we had uh, a week ago there was a resounding. Hurrah from the members! Yeah, uh, that this is where we're headed. I think everybody's feeling this. Well, even Sunday when when then you were able to uh, say something uh, this last Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement when you finally said we've got a we've got we've put we've we've made an offer. Yeah, it that's pretty exciting.
0: My brain is still not wrapped around it yet. um, What we're going to be able to do with that space, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we can do weddings and funerals now and yeah. we had we've had Moline over there but it's, it's a little bit smaller so the, the things that we're going to be able to do ministry wise mm-hmm. the fact that we're in a neighborhood and now those people so, several of our members live in that neighborhood they can literally walk to church it's going to be yeah. really cool it's a whole new mission field right there mm-hmm. uh, and and the fact like you know Joel our worship leader has been setting up and tearing down with his team for 11 years yeah. mm-hmm. and what it's going to be like li- what it's going to feel like to be able to get there on a Sunday morning, walk up, turn your stuff on, and just play. Yeah. And then put it on the stand and then walk away. Mm-hmm. And not have to tear everything down, set everything up. The bookstore, the coffee mm-hmm. shop.
1: How much know? more creativity is going to happen yeah, with our yeah, people, and that, which that's, is awesome. That's the
0: thing. Like Joel has a passion to write music, to, to record albums. Joel has a passion to do that. And I want him to be able to do that. But the physical work it takes to set up and tear down... It's just, it's just taxing. And not just every Sunday, but Christmas Eve, you know, like- Good Friday. Good Friday. Easter, yeah. Easter all of that kind of stuff. It's just going to be, it's going to be a huge weight off of him. It's going to be a huge weight off a lot of our folks. hmm And, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled.
1: Good thing is, once we go to Bedendorf, we with- we're thinking about coming back down for it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. be patient. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're really thankful to God for it. I've been, I mean, it's been consistent now for I don't know, a week and a half, I think. I've just been I've been waking up at 3 a.m. and just brain turns on and I'm just thinking about all the details uh, from design to bathrooms to chairs to carpet <laughs> to signage to <laughs> It's just all the stuff. And um, it's going to be an intense season. So if you're a member of Sacred City Church, you call us your home. I hope you are really excited. And I also hope that you want to volunteer. So we're going to need people to help us clean the building. We're going to need people to help us demo and remodel and paint and haul stuff. When we do move from over here into the new building, Yeah. there's going to be so much stuff that I'm probably not even thinking about right now. And so... um, if you're gifted in any of those areas, if you're willing to volunteer, please hit us up. Let us know because yep. we're going to need a lot of help um, in about 30 to 45 days. We're going to try to hit the ground running. <laughs> Let's go. And keep us in your keep us in your prayers and keep giving financially because you guys make it all possible with your giving. Yep, that's
2: so, good.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. Hopefully that answered that question. Uh, we love you, and we are praying for you. God bless you. Talk to you soon.